Uh, this is FPP 93, December 15th, 2013. Hey, this is Michael Rosso, film photography podcast, the internet radio show for people who love to shoot film. I'm here in the studio today with none other than Alex Laux. Good morning. It's a thrill to have Alex back on the show. It's been about two years since he's been on the show. And people may say, why do I know that name? It's because Alex writes the show notes for the Film Photography Podcast. And I love it. He loves it. And if you've ever been on any of our photo walks, uh, you were at the uh, PDN Expo this past year as well as the year before. Mm -hmm. You've been uh, heading up some FPP photo walks up in Toronto. Yeah, the Toronto Film Shooters Meetup. And... You've tumbled down to Finlay, Ohio for our our big meetup. Yes, the Midwest uh, Walking Workshop. That was last year. So folks who have been to some of these events may know Alex. Welcome back. Thank you. We have a pretty big show today. <laughs> this is the camera show. And when I say the camera show is I've collected a number of segments recorded with none other than Jersey Boys... Dane Johnson and Mark Dalzell. So on today's show, we're going to be listening to Dane and uh, Mark kind of ping pong about uh, Mamiya RB67 Kodak Tourist 620 camera, the famous Canon A1 camera, the kind of unknown 35mm Balzi Jubilee, the Rolleiflex E 2.8 TLR, the Minolta Hymatic S2, and the Practic. Tina FX. So indeed, this is a camera show. We're also going to be reading lots of listener letters. This is the last show of the year. It's December 15th, 2013. I want to wish everyone out there an awesome, awesome holiday season. I'm going to be saying this all the way through. Let's take a break and we'll be back with the show. Well, he caught me. Doing a not-so-great job wrapping a great Christmas gift. A Kodak Tele-Instamatic 608 camera. It's almost like giving two cameras, because it has two lenses. Okay, Star, do your stuff. Look how the telephoto lens can make the best part of your picture bigger. A Kodak Tele 608 camera doesn't cost a great deal of money. But it gives a great deal of pleasure. And like all Kodak gifts, the Tele 608 camera says, Open me first to save Christmas in pictures. Breaking news. 110 Film is back. The film photography store is now stocking fresh 110 film. And if you don't have a camera, 110 new and vintage cameras. Support the FPP. Check out, try, revitalize your interest in 110 film. We're carrying the new Lomography, the Orca 110 black and white. That's 100 ASA 110 film. The Lomography Tiger. Tiger 200 film. That's 200 ASA color film. The very last batch, 2010 expired, Fujifilm, 110, 200 ASA, John Fideli's favorite, and the Lomography Red Scale, Lobster, 110 film, amazing. And most recently, and most exciting, a brand new color slide film, Lomography Peacock, 110 color slide film, awesome new 110 film stocks filmphotographystore.com it helps the FPP very appreciative of all the folks that have been to the film photography store please do check it out thank you very much
Hey, we're back. <laughs> hey, we're going to get right into letters. And what a better letter to get into than our super friend, Tony Kwong. Uh, Tony says, it was mentioned that the Yashica FX70 has a Yashica mount. That is indeed true. But the mount on this camera is called YC or CY mount contacts Yashica. It's a very well-known mount, but digital users are often adapting them. The contacts lenses are expensive and are known for their super high quality optics. Here's a complete list of lenses available manufactured by Yashica and contacts. Uh, there are a few third-party lenses as well. And it's camera, http, uh, colon, forward, slash, forward, slash, camera, dash, wiki, dot, org, forward, slash, wiki, forward, slash, contacts, forward, slash, Yashica underscore lenses. This, of course, will be on our show notes, right, Alex? They will. So I think that's... Have you heard of these mounts? These are foreign to me. Um, I'm really not familiar with the uh, Yashica cameras. I'm a little more familiar with the Contax rangefinder, the G1 and G2 series. And so I can attest to the high quality of the optics that Contax put out, mostly because they're made under license from Carl Zeiss. I'll, I'll definitely vote for the optic. Our next letter is from, you're going to die, Dave Laux. He says, how to pronounce your name? Just like you say Alex Laux, if it's spelled the same, we are probably related, but I don't know. It's not spelled the same. It's spelled L-O-U-C-K-S. So nope. Not related. <laughs> no. He's like, hey, Mike, and everyone else at the shoe. I'm a lo- it actually says that, S-H-O-O-O. I'm a longtime film shooter since 1970 or something. <laughs> unlike apparently everyone else i started the newest show and i'm working my way backwards the reason i'm writing is that a few shows ago a listener letter asked about what film camera to use in the arctic and i had some input that might be helpful while in the service i spent a little time in norway and greenland and it's the preparation more than the camera but of course an all mechanical body will eliminate the battery drain problem for prolonged sub-zero use use the use the you know, I have no Mr. Brown. Oh, dear. Did you bring water? No. Okay. For, <laughs> so, for, so for prolonged zero, uh, sub-zero use, the camera and lenses were sent to the manufacturer for cold weather prep. I know that this entailed removing all the normal lubricants and thoroughly cleaning. The lube is the main problem in Sub-Zero. It thickens up and slows shutter and aperture speed. I seem to recall there's also adjustment to some clearance tolerances, but I don't remember exactly what they were. So basically Dave is saying that it's in the prep, and I guess if you're up there shooting all the time, they're actually opening up the camera and lubing it differently. That makes perfect sense. Give me at least four months' notice, and I'll be in Finlay the next time you meet there. Oh, excellent. He's from Crystal Lake, Illinois, northwest of Chicago. Oh, lovely area. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I've um, been up to Chicago three times this year. So uh, This is from uh, Caesar. He says, I just received my electronic flash and bracket from my Polaroid 210 land camera from, from the FPP store. It works great. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you very much. You know, it's really awesome that we get feedback for the FPP store. And those brackets are wonderful things. Yeah, they're they're awesome. And uh, thank you to Jeff. You met Jeff this afternoon. Yep. Uh, Jeff uh, put that together. Oh, very workshop. nice. He's the engineer behind that little FPP invention. Mm-hmm. It's a bracket for your automatic land camera. And we have the brackets for the 100 through the 300 series. And then we have a, the different bracket for the 400. Four, 400, yeah. Yeah. I you have still have 420? 250. You used to have a 420. Never had a 420. 440? <laughs> nope. Okay. Just the 250. 250. And I had a 240, which I passed along to a friend. Okay. 
with a bracket and a flash. So, so rather than using the old-timey F, uh, a Polaroid uh, flash with the bulbs, you know, it's one bulb per shot, mm-hmm. uh, you can use any flash that has a PC adapter, PC cord, and we put together a bracket that fits on top of the camera so you could just mount your flash on top yep. of your automatic land camera. I've also plugged in a radio trigger. Is that right? And uh, done several remote flashes to do some portrait work with it. So That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Do you find yourself pulling out the 250 like a few times a year, or is it still kind of a go-to? Uh, it's, I mostly shoot it in the summer okay. when the mm-hmm. weather's a little bit warmer. I've been shooting through my stash of expired Polaroid material, 690 and 664. Lucky you. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Polaroid, the older expired Polaroid uh, films, which are still out there, um, some in our very store, uh, you know, I look on the shelf and they are starting to dwindle. Mm-hmm. And this really is getting to be sort of like the end. Yep. Shoot it now. Exactly. Fuji still makes it. <laughs> exactly. Matt says, Matt is not Matt Marash. This is Matt from, doesn't say where. He says, hey, love the new show. Great interviews. Anyway, I had a quick question about you guys hand rolling some. Oh, this is the guy. Hand-rolling some 120 off-camera we were talking. I can't remember if it was this or whether we were during the spot. Was it during the spot? Yes, during the yeah, spot. We were off-shoe off, uh, off before uh, Alex and I were talking about you know, home hand-rolled films in the FPP store. Uh, Matt Ayers, he's... The, oh, Ayers, I'm sorry. Look, how to pronounce your name? Ayers. Matt Ayers says, How about you guys hand-rolling some 120 rolls of film for red scale with any of the films... Portro 400, 160, or Ektar 100. Would love to see these emulsions diffused through the anti-halation layer. I've seen some work on Flickr with red scale Portra shooting at ISO 50 in a Mamiya RZ67. It looked very bizarre and beautiful. I tell you, I was not a fan of the concept, but I did go on Flickr and I, re- I didn't realize that if you shoot at different ASAs, you get different colors. Yes. So if you're shooting low ASA... Yeah, I shot at 100, so I'm guessing it was about a 400-speed film normally. So they usually say drop it down two stops when shooting red scale. I just went off mic for a second to adjust some of our hot lights. Uh, we use hot lights in the studio when, when we're taping, just so we could see, uh, because the overheads are like... Yeah. They're, uh, what do you call those? Fluorescent with a Fluorescence ballast. tubes. Ooh. Uh, so Matt says, uh, will you guys, you know, hand roll some 120 film? That is an awesome, it's an interesting concept to start rolling 120 film. Uh, a bit of a challenge because it requires just working in complete darkness and having, like, very long table where you could, like, tape down your, exactly. your backing paper. And yep. You have to be very organized. Well, Matt, Maybe. Going to give it a good old try. Mm-hmm. Why don't we get right into our first segment? Dane and Mark chat up the Mamiya RB67 and the Kodak Tourist 620 camera and this, what they call good camera, crappy camera segment. I'm here in the studio. We have Mark. Hey. And Dane Johnson. Chaka. And Dane, take it away. What do ah, you got? Got the, the, the big boy, which is the uh, RB67. The fridge. The, the boat anchor. <laughs> you guys were at the UK walk, anybody? Uh, Philippe had yeah. the uh, one hanging around his neck the whole time. Yeah. Right. And I was just going like, I've tried that, man. This thing will dig into your chest. Even with the big Optech. I've got the nice Optech strap yeah. but, and the viewfinder, and it just digs into you like a, like a spike in the sand. <laughs> You'd be in shape if you wore this thing and around. And Nasir had the same 
camera? He had it really cool one, though. He had the one with the split he had, polarized. He had the back sliding back for it, which is really which was, cool. So that's how he used to get like one half of this and one half the other? Yeah, yeah. So first thing I did is... Uh, you know, went and got the Polaroid back for it on eBay. What it does is it takes it's it's such a big image that it's it's practically fills up land a land uh, fills a landfill. But it it just if you almost see it, fills almost up fills it. You know, and does does this camera produce if you had the one twenty back a square image or a rectangle? It's oh look at that six by seven six by seven RB six by seven here uh, six by so it's sort of horizontal in that yeah. So, it's like yeah. la- sort of landscape, well, not really both. landscapey. Because yeah. here, because six by seven, it's it's, it's like a, yeah. Oh it's, yeah, look at that. It's square yep. plus an extra. Because you can uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's six, sixty-seven, which means six by seven, and RB, which means rotating back. Yeah. So you can spin that you right now. It. So it's portrait or landscape. So spin the front, and you know. I don't want to break it. Yeah, don't break it. That's really special. It's easier when it's on the camera. Yeah. So anyway, so you know, and with that's that way you can kind of the dark slides. So you bought you bought the Polaroid back for yep, it. Yep, and it takes the, regular uh, FP three thousand B. That's or, it. Yeah, or exactly. Or FP one hundred C. Now once you get the the exposure, I haven't shot three thousand on this thing yet, but once you get the exposure right, it's just so clean. It's the, the and it's really interesting because I first thing when I took it home to do a test roll, so deep that even though you're shooting with a three eight or a four five. The, the depth of field looks like it's like a 1.2 or a 1.4. Yeah. So it's like you get these images that are just so compressed. And what lenses do you have for this camera? Well, this one came with a, uh, a 45180, which is why I have to go in the other room to get a picture of you. I also, it, it came with a, uh, a 3.8 90mm. Now, here's the interesting thing about that. Let me put this. Uh, oh, so you have, you have an 80mm and a 90mm. A 180. 180. Oh, a 180. Yeah. Okay. So let me, so this is the interesting thing to do this. You have to. Cock the thing else. You have to cock the, cock the shutter in order to take the lens off? Yep. That's very interesting, you I think. put it in manual mode, and then you can take it off. So this lens has a auto? Like, uh, has an exposure meter? No, no oh. meter. You have, it's completely there. They make a, uh, a viewfinder that, that has a meter, and it kind of like the six, your six, probably like your 645 has. Yes, yes, indeed. The interesting thing is... When you take the when you take a picture, you, you hit the click, and then the shutter happens after that. So it's like a click picture. So you'll see. I'll let's, let Is me that take, normal? I don't know. That's why I'm asking. Ooh. So it's a weird delay. It's got a weird delay. So here, I'm going to take a picture of Mark, and we'll uh, listen to the click. You'll hear the you'll hear the plunger drop, which I, it's like sounds like a sounds like a plunger. And then, ooh, look at that. All right, one, two, three. So see, see, that was a, a good full second yeah, there. So yeah, so it's like Coop. that doesn't sound right. No, it's weird, but it's it's completely cons- <laughs> you know consistent every time. So it's weird that I totally forgot. But to it was- you didn't focus. I focused, but I didn't. I must do a double exposure. So you see that there's that. If you're at a wedding, you're just so effed. Yeah, I know, no, exactly. nobody's gonna stand still that long. Cause every that, so every picture I you end up getting with this thing is. You have to warn everybody. Okay, everybody, start still. Your your hill. Your two clicks. Wait for the second click. And uh, what do you have? Like a is that like a a thirty pack of film loaded in there? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. It just keeps. It's like watching a movie where the guy's shooting his gun for three hours. Oh yeah, right. Never reloads. Never. Yeah, right. No, I don't know how many was that. Was that must have been oh, a full pack? Because no, you've taken nine, like eight. Yeah. yeah, it was a brand new pack. I just put in. <laughs> so yeah, if anybody knows, it's I, uh, the RB sixty seven lens. Is it supposed to do that? I don't. It can't be. There's no reason they would ever make. So a you c- you. Press the shutter, and then a second later, the shutter opens. Yeah, so as I click, snap. So it takes the picture perfectly. When you, when you push the button, it, it shuts the shutter. Yep. And then there's a one-second delay, and then it actually like flips yeah. up the mirror. And I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Do you have a different viewfinder for it? Just the yeah, this is the one. I, that's the great thing. What is that thing. called, that viewfinder? The prism. The prism one. Uh, 
Here. The prism, because look through. I mean, the focus oh, yeah, is just that. so beautiful on these things. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> it's like handing a child over. Robot. Oh, a little robot child. Big robot child. So amazing yeah. and crisp. Yeah, it is. So that is the, it also came it's with a monster. the. monster. Yeah, it's a total monster. Well, originally the one it came with was the, the one you looked at. The, the waist, waist level. level. And Mark, what's the site? You, or do you want to give that away? Oh, I don't want to <laughs> give away my, my, secret. my secret that nobody else in the world knows yeah, about. Right, go for K it. KEH. KEH. <laughs> oh, I love KEH. He, he sends, sends me the thing. He's like, hey, uh, I know you're not really looking to buy parts for the thing, but they have a prism finder for $14. $14. And I was like, well, of course. 14 so bucks and, and a brand it's brand new brand yeah. new you know i don't have too many real cameras yeah. like and and this is obviously this isn't, this isn't on loan me and joseph you know pass it around but it's the it's like man when you see pictures from this thing you're just like oh that's so uh, that's what it could look like yeah 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 so uh so it's, it's actually it's really good to see i don't know what i think they go what do they go for about 280 a few hundred yeah yeah you yeah. can get one about 200 oh two, that's yeah. pretty good yeah it, you know it's the same as the 645 it all depends on yeah. which lenses you've got what backs it comes and you'll see what, some dude on there with it for like eight hundred dollars thinking they got because it's the you know i don't know all I, that kind of i thing. would call the mamiya excellent entry level if you want to get into uh 120 medium format photography the mamiya uh, rb67 yeah. or the mamiya m645 yep. and there's other 645s yep. they're yep. they're excellent and mm -hmm. they don't really cost a lot you drop no. a few hunge yeah but and you're getting a quality camera i mean yeah i just got the 645 myself too i know john just got one recently and i just got one and i love it that's that's no. like that's my main go-to camera these oh, days oh very nice because it's an slr but it just takes a gigantic negative it's beautiful did you bring yours yeah just for a uh, reference in the show I think you should... Uh, what show? I think we should um, uh, get a... A side-by-side? -side? Yeah, you, just for reference, you should see the, the size. Oh, can, can, you, can you guys kind of hold them up so I get a picture? <laughs> this is crazy. So folks out there listening to our camera segments, the, you know, our camera segments are not designed to be uh, like the Bible of... We don't know anything. Yeah, exactly. We don't know anything. We're, we're here to introduce you to these cameras so you know they exist. Like yep. you may have heard, I've heard the RB67 buzzing around for years now. And as you mentioned, when we were in the UK, if you guys had yep. them. Yep. But I never really looked them up. Now that one has dropped into your lap, mm -hmm. you're like checking it out. You're shooting with it. Yep. And you realize, people out there listening, that it really is not that expensive to try it out. Right. Uh, it certainly would be a great studio camera if you had oh, the yeah. waist level. Yeah, right, right. Just uh, you set could, it up on a tripod. On a tripod, and, leave it on there. Yeah. and then you could do product shots with it. You could mm -hmm. do model shooting with it. Yep. And the rotating back is really cool. Yeah, yep. so I highly recommend it. Oh, uh, you could get the digital back, too, if you uh, Ooh, just sell, yeah. your, sell your Lexus. Sell, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's about 23 <laughs> grand, I think. 23, I wonder if you grand. could rent it for the day, a digital back. Hmm. From like a B and H, it's literally. I mean, it retails for twenty two thousand dollars. I can't imagine how many credit cards you have to leave with them <laughs> to let them. But maybe for two hundred a day, you could rent it. Yeah, maybe it's possibility worth it's looking possibility. into. Yeah, if I know you got one. If you really got if you got to do a job, that's what is you know, this? The digital photography project. I know that uh, mm -hmm. Adorama it's the hybrid in New York uh, rents stuff yeah, out. Yeah, so check it out. What I'm curious, what well, is unique your too. You, do, they, do they really? Yeah, they have got a little counter at the back. They rent out all kinds. I of stuff I did not there. know that yeah. unique photo right here in New Jersey. Speaking of unique. Yes. What? Oh. Speaking of unique. Ah, see? That seems like a very oh. unique <laughs> camera. Subtle. Uh, this happens to be a favorite of mine, and it is called a Kodak Tourist camera. It takes 620 film. Yes, it does. 620 film is no different than 120 film, except the spool is different. Yeah, the spool is different. So have you been 
in a black bag or dark room rolling your yeah, own 620? So what I did, actually, what brought this about was I had uh, pulled out some of that old uh, stuff that he just gave you, uh, the, uh, this stuff, the E2. Okay. And I was I pulled it out. I was going to shoot it in another camera, and I looked at it. I'm like, E2? What the heck is... Cause it, oh, you know, uh, Ektachrome X, Ektachrome which is not... because they come, not E6. They come with the, uh, the directions inside. Oh, look at that. You know, so, so I pull it out, and I've never read these things before. I'm, oh, let's see. What, what's the ISO? And I'm like, all right, 64, and it says, okay. It comes, comes with a little booklet. Kodak, yeah, a little booklet. Ektachrome X, expired. Let's see, what the Karen feeding 68, guide. 68, that one's expired. Oh, expired uh, October 1968. Yeah. So I'm like all psyched. I'm like, cool, cool. And then I start reading this thing, and it says... This film should be processed by either E2 or E4. Okay. I'm like, what the heck is that? That's, yes. That adds up to E6, but I don't think it works that <laughs> way. E4. I was like, started getting on the internet. And I'm looking up E2 and E3, 4, and, and everybody just says, no, it's not going to work. There's nothing you can do. Throw it out. So I'm like, okay. So I, I threw it out and kept the paper. So then I got a fresh roll of 120, and I re-rolled it on 620 spools. And so then I – so that kind of gave me the, the – Nudge to re-roll some 120 into a six into 620. So you took the Ektachrome X which back, backing paper. Oh, the backing. Yeah, paper. I just took the back. Took the, the toss of film, and oh. it's pretty film. It's all purple. Well, what film did you use? Oh, 35. Well, yeah, I did. Yeah, I put 30. I put 120 in it once, and then I re-rolled it. After that, I re-rolled it again with 35. Did you put back. 35 on the backing paper, or no? Yeah, well, I did it for one. Yeah, usually with the 35, I just. I just mark the top and it's rewind it three times and it's you know. So what are you shooting now? Anyway? Right now I'm about to put in some expired, okay, expired uh, oh. Delta Ilford Delta you sent me thirty two hundred. Oh Fancy. get out for real? Yeah. So the great thing is you know look at the size of that sprocket. So you get a uh, real wide. Wide. It's wide or tall. What I because that's the interesting thing. I'm going to go ahead and So we're just going to review real quick. This is a Kodak tourist camera. It takes a w- very wide, I believe it's 6 by 9, 6 centimeters. It looks like it. What do you think? think? 6 is. by yeah. 9 yeah. image. Yep. And it takes 620 roll film, which is just the same as 120 roll film, but the spool is different. Yeah, it's skinny, skinny and spool, right? And Dane is doing what's known as sprocket hole photography. And My you loaded favorite. 35 in there. Yeah. And you have your 35 cartridge held in by little... A little uh, cut-off piece of cork and a piece of foam on the other side. Whatever I got laying around. You Packing peanuts yep. tend to work. And how many turns will you give in order to go to the next exposure? For each one, usually, which, you know, any time I get one of these cameras, I, I get a dead roll of film. So then I kind of put it in fake, you know, an exposed roll. Right. And then I draw, you draw a Sharpie where, at the starting point. And yep. Then you put a mark on the... The, the turning the, the winder and then you just count how many times it takes to wind that sharpie line to the other end of the of the frame usually three right yeah this one's three sometimes it's one like the debonair is like you know I think the debonair is yeah, only yeah, one yeah. You know? so you really have to test that before you uh, if you want it to be framed out like that once good you got that figured out you just, you're good to go and then just do the whole just remember to you just keep shooting wind and shoot or shoot and stops wind winding. yeah and then when, then you just go in the dark bag and open the back and rewind it back into the canister right. and, and send it on out and, and tell your film processor if you're not doing it yourself not to cut the damn things because oh yeah the, I, if they machine always, cut it they'll destroy yeah. it no no cut negs of course john Fidelli had always his problems like that yeah they, like they chopped problem. up his uh, stonehenge horizon negatives yeah Jeez. he brought it to cvs yeah. ah these stoops i don't think the guy even knew what a film was yeah <laughs> so so the, la- you, the last time i went to cvs i brought them three rolls of loma Kino, and when, when i went to pick it up there were a group of employees who couldn't wait to ask me what the hell i had brought them 
Why are there like 200 pictures on this roll? What kind of camera yeah. is this? Have you processed any film from the Kodak Tourist? Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Oh, I okay. Mean, the, so nice. I couldn't believe how it's on. There's some on Flickr right now under, under that set. I tell you, I shot it at the same time as the RB67. Mm-hmm. And you, there was another one I got slide back from you. I could know. It's hard to tell sometimes which was which. I was kind of like, because this, it's just, I mean, maybe it's just because it's such a big yeah. negative that it's just so clear. This is an impressive camera. I'm more familiar with known as, and I'm not sure if this isn't it, which is known as the Kodak Tourist 2 camera. I know there's a tourist. Mm-hmm. There's no markings on this camera that say tourist. Does it? Does it just say tourist uh, somewhere? It says tourist. It says tourist. The fact that it doesn't say tourist 2 makes you think it's the tourist okay. one. And the inside just says tourist camera. Tourist. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's got a, it's good. The bellows are in great shape. Bellows. This was a find at the uh, uh, flea market, you know, was walking right? through. Yeah, as the had the leather case and all that kind of thing. The case was all. What, what did that run you? Uh, uh, I think uh, twelve bucks. Twelve bucks. Okay. Twelve dollars, and and it needed a little oil. I mean, and like a little. It was the shutter wasn't quite firing right and stuff like that. Uh, but it's got it's a zone focus, uh, but it's got a uh, six three to thirty two aperture, and then it's got one hundred fifty twenty five b in time bulb in time. Okay, so, so you have some choices there. Yeah. And it's and so you know it's it likes to be portrait style as well. It likes to be held because you know the things right down. Yes. You know the triggers down here. Found that I ended up without thinking about it because it's like you get like that and you're holding it vertically. And the shutter is like right there, like kind of neat. Yeah. So uh, let's let's see here. It's cool that it's not a shutter mounted release. That's cool that it's on the on the body. Yeah. It's got it's just classic mechanical big. Sp- Springy thing, yeah. you know. That's you gotta love that. Let's see, what we got here at thirty-two th- hundred. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's expired ten years, so oh, uh, it's ninety-six. Give it a little bump. Yeah, give it a bump. So, do you have? I got six-three is the lowest. So, oh, six. Do you have um, classic Kodak six-three? Six. Three F six three. Do you have one twenty fifth of a second? Yes. Uh, no, I just have one hundred. That's close enough. Yeah, that's close enough. One hundred at six three. Well, the depth of field on a six point three doesn't even matter. I'm eight foot two and a half inches. So, anyways, it's a very the the reason I, I just shot some thirty five in it before and just to throw a roll through and I was I just the length of that it just makes a really uh, what do you say it's negative wide, to R. Man. Well, if you go wide or tall, whatever you go, yeah, you can get a full person shoe to, to head, head to, to toe. Head to toe. Are these both cameras the Mamiya RB six and the mm-hmm. Kodak Tourist 620 film camera. This is thumbs up for both? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I couldn't believe out of the, the, one, the 120 roll I shot, and I, there wasn't a bad picture on yeah. the thing, and it's, it's, uh, and, and it's got a lot of character. For someone listening, uh, uh, eBay find, you can go on eBay, Shoot. you can yeah. 5 bucks, 10 bucks, 12 bucks. yeah, just the, tons of the sheer fact around, that it's yeah. a 620 yeah. because uh, it's, you know. I've shot a lot of the Tourist too. They do occasionally, you got a good one, uh, mm. they do develop light leaks to the bellows. Ah, uh, I bet, yeah. That is yeah. a characteristic of this camera. Yeah. If you're shooting in broad daylight with a low ASA film, you might yeah. be able to squeak by and not see it. If you do, you could put a little uh, liquid uh, liquid electrical tape mm. on your bellow light leak. But uh, me too. I'm thumbs up on the Tourist. Yep. Uh, Mamiya RB67, thumbs up. I yep. have the M645, which I'm satisfied with. Oh, yeah. The Tourist 2 I have. I love it. I yep. go out and shoot every spring. I usually bring it out. Mm-hmm. And that's a really awesome way to get into medium format photography. Yeah, that's right. And, of course, you just have to get over the 620 uh, film issue of rolling the 120 film back to a 620 yeah. film spool. Yep. Which, and it's a good way to get into that, you, you know, working with paper backing and, and, and just re-rolling your... So if you do get some bulk film, right. you're, you'll be comfortable with keeping the back and finding the starting points, taping it in, you know, right. all that, and not rolling it in backwards so the numbers go to 
from 10 yeah. to 1. That happened to yeah. me. Yeah. I did that the <laughs> oh, first time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, well, yeah. I'm just going backwards now. Well, very cool. Thank you very much, Dan. Yeah. We'll be right back with more show. Hey, it's Michael Rosso, and you know this time of year, the the gift buying time of year. I just wanted to I just wanted to give a quick intro to our FPP Plastic Filmtastic Debonair Camera. That's right, the FPP. That's right, the best thing since buttered bread. The FPP Debonair 120 Film Camera. So if you buy an FPP Debonair Camera, it's nineteen ninety nine US. Plus, you get a roll of film with it. It is the best bargain on the planet regarding medium format film. Two, three, four, five thumbs up for the FPP Demonair are coming in daily via email. This really is a plastic film-tastic. Hey, let's run our 2012 Christmas spot for the Demonair. And don't forget to pick one up. There's a brand new camera in the FPP store. It's a it's a plastic film tastic 120. Look at that. Yeah, a one. <laughs> this is known as a 120 debonair camera. Ooh. It takes 16 shots per roll of 120 roll like film. It. It's not a Holga. It's not a Diana. It's made at a mysterious unknown factory in Hong Kong. Nice. Sometime in the 1980s. Uh-huh. And FPP just acquired a boatload. Sitting in a box somewhere it. in a warehouse. All Literally these. a boatload. It has a. Uh, F8 60 millimeter super lens. It's super. It has a uh, hot shoe on top. Hot, hot shoe. shoe. And you, you folks out there can have this camera. Okay. Go to filmphotographyproject.com. You click the store, and then you go to uh, 120 film cameras, and there it is. So this is a great awesome. 120 startup awesome. camera. Yes. The if you've thing. never shot 120 roll film before, this is the perfect camera to start with. Ooh, look at that, Dave. Perfect camera to start with, roll film. This is a good camera just to keep in your bag oh, because yeah. it's going to give you those dreamy good, good sound. You you get double, awesome. triple, quadruple exposure. Sounds like a weed whacker. <laughs> <laughs> so check it out. And yeah, of course, breaks, you could use it that's huge. Like weeds. <laughs> and of course, by visiting the filmphotographystore.com also helps keep us going here at the Film Photography Podcast. Thank you very much. moments of this Christmas will fade away before you know it. Are you going to let them go without pictures? In color? On Kodak film? Before the magic is memory, see your photo dealer and ask for the film in the familiar yellow box. Kodak film for the times of your life. Hey, we're back. Hey, right before the break, we heard the uh, the Dane and the Mark talk about the RB67 and the Tourist 620. You, do you own any of those? I own neither of them. The RB67 is a monster, and I don't shoot with 620 film. Okay. They call, they call them, Mamiya. they call that the fridge. Makes sense. I use, um, the only 6.7 camera I have is the Mamiya Press, the first one that they have, and it's, it's a bit of an awkward camera to use, so it just lives on a tripod for me. I, on this show, hey, we're going to uh, have a giveaway, and the giveaway is uh, our fairly new to the FPP store, a Eastman Kodak 
uh, special order film stock, black and white. It's a high, high contrast black and white film. It's also known as a cult film. It's called Eastman SO-331. The SO stands for special order, which means that somewhere along the line, some institution or organization ordered a heck of a lot of this high-contrast black-and-white film. And the great thing about film shooters is that curious bunch. So somewhere <laughs> along the line, a bunch of people, I guess, saw these probably on the eBay yep. and bought up some large rolls and started hand-rolling uh, the film. It's really hard to find. It's, not all, it's, it's currently not available on the web other than through the FPP store. But it does have its own devoted Flickr group. Uh, and if you search it, it's like some APOG listings and some threads of, about SO331. You can win a roll of Eastman SO331, courtesy of John Meadows, FPP, longtime listener John Meadows, and the Film Photography Podcast. John was kind enough to donate a, a bunch of this film to help out the FPP. We have some in the store. We're giving some away. And now is your opportunity to get that. Uh, I've been tinkering around with it, and I've uh, communicated with a bunch of people that have been shooting it. So if you go to the uh, uh, filmphotographyproject.com forward slash giveaways, you will see the listing for it, uh, and you'll see some examples. And uh, hopefully I'll pull down some development information for that, for those folks out there developing it, or you can send it to our friends at the dark room. That's our giveaway this month, the SO331. Please uh, do give it a shot. And by the way, you know, just so uh, folks out there listening know, uh, people do win. Uh, when Alex came in the studio earlier, we were just discussing it, in, and you said you actually know some of the winners, two winners who've won, and it's not like a fix here. Like no. Alex makes does the the notes, so he like you know put like no, like it just so happens that two people he recommended. Like what is what is the story? Um, Chrissy Wu yeah. and my friend Melody in Texas. They both came to me and said, "I'm looking for Polaroid cameras," so. I just keep an ear to the FPP, and whenever I hear a giveaway, I just, you know, right. send them a message saying, look for the giveaway. Right. Here's and your shot. Here's your shot. Right? And they happen to win. Yep. Melody was in complete disbelief that she had won. She didn't expect the camera to arrive, and she loved the fact that it arrived with a pack of film. Right. Don't know if she shot with it yet. <laughs> okay. I will have to ask her. Right. And the uh, the other winner was the Polaroid camera as well. Chrissy Wu won the... Uh, um, impulse right and she loves taking pictures of food with it wow that's awesome so people do win yes and sometimes uh, this is a letter from Lance King Lance is a longtime FPP listener uh, was at the FPP Midwest uh, meetup if you recall the yes. walking workshop he was the other Bronica shooter there I believe you're right now he put in a film order and he ordered some special <laughs> some special film but he was saying oh gosh you know some of the special film is ASA 6 my camera that I use doesn't go down to that ASA he wants to use the in in camera meter uh, and he doesn't have a manual camera. So with his order, we sent him a Canon EOS Elan 2. <laughs> we sent him a camera with the order because that dials down to ASA or ISO 6. Lance says uh, the yellow stuff and some of the other stuff's pretty low ASA yeah, as I well. Yeah, i got to roll the yellow stuff to uh, try out. He says, I just want to thank you again for the Canon EOS Elan 2 the FPP sent me with my last order. This summer was exceptionally wet down here and the weather was rarely cooperative on weekends, The only, which is the only time I usually shoot. I've been really impressed with the EOS Elan 2 so far. It's lightweight, full featured, and the 28 to 80 zoom takes very sharp images. Last weekend, I took it along on a drive to Chicago and just this past Friday, 
I took it to nearby Gatlinburg, where the fall festival is now underway. Uh, the film I started using on the Chicago trip is FPP's own Kodak traffic surveillance film. Which, which we were, t- were we talking about that? Yes, we were. As recommended on the FPP website, I shot it at 200 ASA instead of the rated 400. He says, I posted a few shots in my Flickr stream, in case you'd like to look at them. Uh, anyhow, I'm looking forward to more shoes with the FPP gang in the near future. He says, I just ordered a five-pack of Ektar 35mm from the FPP store to use shooting the beautiful Tennessee foliage mm, tennessee the lovely state here's another here's a letter from uh eric jones he says oh my gosh you guys have become my first choice in all my film needs i usually purchase from amazon because i have amazon prime i have found that your prices are competitive or better than most places the shipping cost is awesome my total order with shipping was 15 dollars cheaper than amazon and b and i'm already preparing my next batch of film keep up the great work i enjoy the podcast videos and website Eric Jones. I mean, this is nothing like getting a letter like this with someone who's really happy what what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, our goal is to put film into your hands uh, at the most inexpensive price because because we think like you, especially all the FPP guys. Like you know, we want to buy. We don't want to spend you know fifteen dollars for a roll of film. Nope. You know, and always not tri- to mention the exorbitant prices on large format. Yes. Film. I'm doing a large format project next year, 2014, where I'm shooting a sheet of film a week, so 52 sheets. Right. And my box of Tri-X Pan is coming from the FPP. Awesome. That's great. That's 50 sheets, right? 50 sheets. I can bum two off of a friend. Right. Oh, very nice. So you can work off that one box. It's amazing when we're talking about large format 4x5 sheet film. It's amazing, isn't it, when you can get a box of 50 sheets? You don't see that that often. Uh, no, and not at the prices you can get at the store. No. <laughs> you know, the, the, the Portras and the Ektars come in the little 10-sheet boxes. Yep. I'm still shooting through the uh, 20 sheets I got from the FPP store. Here is, uh, here is uh, Tony Kwong, another letter from Tony. A few episodes ago, a few months ago, <laughs> we talked about uh, us going to Photostock in 2014 and the fact that Donker Dave from the UK is taking a bike tour across the U.S., and I had asked, you know, kind of joking, but will he be driving a Fuji bike? There are Fuji bikes. There are. You know, Tony Kwong says, whoa, talk about it, Fuji bikes. I had one. <laughs> the parent company used to make aircraft, then bikes, now Subaru cars. Wow. <laughs> then his follow-up email says, when, to- when talking Fuji bike... Most people only know of the bicycles and not of the motorized ones, as the bicycles are much more well-known. Similar to the French with Peugeot automobiles, but they also had bicycles along with Korean KIA, who also had bicycles. Kia. 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 I have a Kia. Uh-huh. I'm like KIA. With Korean KIA, with the Korean Kia, I own a Kia, who also had bicycles and motorbikes. Honda, Mitsubishi, etc. They all had motorbikes. Uh, yep. How come Kodak didn't have a motorbike? I'm sure if Mr. Eastman wanted to, he would have built the best motorbike out there. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, you know what? It's time for our next segment. Uh, this is our camera show. So we are going to uh, just, you know, this is our chit-chat in between the meat of the episode, which is uh, camera talk. It's The show is kind of like public radio show, uh, car talk. You know that one? Nope. Okay. <laughs> it's called Car Talk, where two Joes kind of just talk about, well, cars. Nice. This is the camera show, where Dane and Mark, they kind of chit-chat camera. On this segment, they're talking about the Canon A1 and what's known as a ballsy jubilee. And let's roll that segment. 
The ballsy B2 is what we covered before. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, that's the little hand grenade job. That's, this is like know, a little hand grenade. It's totally too. the same Look at ca- that. chassis, but the, this one's got the same range finder. It's missing the nameplate on the top. That's why we're not sure. That's why it was so cheap. <laughs> it was. Yeah. It's got the classic. It's just got the right look. You know, the ball. My other ballsy looks looks like it was it's a got hand grenade. The look, it's got the look. She's got the look. You've got the look. I want to know better. You've got the look. That's a 35-millimeter camera? Uh, yeah, 35-millimeter. Is that um, an American camera? I think it is an American camera. It's, uh, aren't these in, like, Rochester, New York? Is that what it is? It's, well, it's the Woolen Sec. They're all, they're all from Rochester. Oh, okay. Yep, yep, yep. And so what it's got is the what differs makes this different from the ballsy b the b2 is that it's it's uh got this thing on the back called a set omatic which asks you uh what type of film you're using and what type of flash you're using so set omatic i'm gonna see which side you want to see front front one two three so i think it's one stop faster than the b2 too yeah, it's, it's got a 2.8. Yeah, and the yeah. other one has a 3.5, I think, yeah. I'm sorry, that ball... This has a 2.8. A 2.8? Yeah. Woolen sack and anastigmata. What? Interesting. Stigmata. Anastigmat. I don't know what that means. But, uh, so the, the cinematic part is pretty cool if, if we still had this kind of film around and these kind of bulbs. Yeah. So it's like if I could put some Tri-X in it with an M2 bulb, mm-hmm. I just set the front... You, there's see on the front there's a b c d and yep. all this crap so i can actually just go set my this to d and i push down this lever depending on how f- close or far i am from you with the m2 bulb on it and the triax film it will automatically adjust the uh Holy the smokes. uh aperture to now where the, would the empty bulb empty m2 bulb go where's the so these had this thing that fit into the side, which oh. I, I modified for my, my balls. He, he modified and created a hot shoe, but it wasn't X-Sync, so kind of did the half project. thing. It's just one little input? So it just, no, it's a little input, but it looks like it's one of the big old, you know, if side you see bar. the pictures, it's side with the flash. big cup and everything. Yeah. yeah. I haven't tried it with a flash. Just to clarify, there, there is a B-22, which this is not. This oh, okay. is the Jubilee. This is the Jubilee. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ballsy Jubilee. Oh, that's even better. Yeah, no, it's a great tiny one. It's 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 like the ballsy ones. That's one of the reasons they're one of my favorites. Is they're they're tiny. They're all metal. They, they got a good feel. It, it, there's definitely something interesting. You know, like when Mark was saying, he took pictures with this, and he's just you look at it, and you're like, eh. You know, it looks like it looks like he just shot it with a right. You know, click point and shoot. These actually have something about it. Whether it's the yeah. just what it decides, how sharp it is, what's not in focus, what is in focus, what the edges you know mm-hmm. look like. It's it's just got the, something interesting to it. And I there's some on Flickr when remember when you did you were at the Smooth a couple uh, weeks ago doing our portraits yes and we had all those lights we had all oh, the yeah, lights yeah, going yeah, all yeah. so I was it gave me a chance to just shoot this without a flash obviously since it has none so I'm like I'm gonna do it those pictures came out really cool I mean they're like you know the ones that make every make somebody look kind of sweaty yes it's like that it kind of makes everybody look sweaty and it's got I don't know what that is but it's just everybody looks a little red and sweaty and it might have just been that did you post those images yeah they're oh, up, did? Um, okay. there's a now they know it's called the Jubilee yeah. I'll, uh, yeah I just called it the setomatic and that's actually something different but yeah you know, it turns out there, the b2 there was the b2 and then the b22 yep. which is a b2 with the setomatic ah and then yeah. the Jubilee was the next one that had the faster lens look at that Dane's opening up the back. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's so simple. And it's got a leaf shutter. I guess I, sometimes I read that that's, people mm-hmm. like the leaf shutter. How about focusing? I'm sorry. Did you say Focusing, fo- it's rangefinder. Focusing, is, is it clear? It's clear as it is enough, I guess. Um, <laughs> yep. Let me see here. It's clear enough. Yeah, it's like an Argus. Yeah, let's check it out. 
the oh, one on the left. It's nice and small. Yeah, it's a hand. It's like you know, a hand grenade. It's a little hand grenade, and it's. I always, I was when you had your first one. I always called that the meatball. The meatball, right? Yeah, it's almost spherical. It has a very quiet. Let's not question. Like nothing. Oh. Yeah, I know. It's just got. That's the way the other balls is too. Now you do not own the actual actual flash that it comes with. It, yeah, I had the one that Mark. I had one, and then Mark modified it. But that was for the B two. This one has a different. I tried to see if it fits. It's missing something, so I don't have the flash. Mm. No. Ballsy company, Setomatic. It says yeah. on the back. At some point, I'll take apart the, one of the B twos and try and X sync it. And see. these, they're so easy. All it is is closing. It's the typical just closing a connection. The, yeah. That little threaded rod. You could. You know, I'm sure it's... It says here in very small print, Ballsy World Patents Pending. All right. I guess they were going to conquer the world oh, with this, Well, huh? I think that, that was probably mm-hmm. the cinematic they were all excited about. I yeah. wonder how popular these cameras were, Ballsy Company cameras. Well, they, got the, they had the military contracts. Oh, so okay. the, to this day, the Ballsy B2 military version is, is $800, $900. That's the, like, uh, it's all decked out with... Yeah, olive drab. It's olive yeah. drab. It's waterproof. It's like machine Dane's parts. dying to get one of those. That'll be one when I I'll win the lottery and get one of those. <laughs> but it's just, it's beautiful. And that's the military issue. Yeah. But, uh, so they had, I'm sure there's a ton of, ton of them out there. But it's, it's just, it's another one that's interesting, it's fun to shoot with. You know, yeah. you pull it out, you walk, it's, it fits in your pocket. I like to do a little work. So I like to have to, like, if I have, if I'm out shooting for fun yep. i want it to be something i have to do a little work for you yep. know but if i'm like just shooting for at a party or, or somewhere then it's you know point and shoot for me but then you do something to the film or you use interesting film yeah so. very cool yeah and uh the other camera you brought is uh classic always a favorite of mine because oh. i love canon slrs yep. i do not i do not own a canon a1 i know very little about an a1 I had introduced to the A1 originally because this is uh, Joseph's swear go-to camera. Is That's that right? his okay. camera that he's... Joseph from the Smooth Sailors. From the Smooth Sailors. He's had one. He got one new in like 85 or whatever it was, and he went he went for it and bought that one four lens and everything. Yep. He swears by it, so he's like, no, there's no other camera I ever need in my life. You this know, is a 35 millimeter single lens reflex camera that takes the... FD line of Canon lenses, right. which are like a plenty on eBay. Oh yeah, yep. And so this is another one where I don't even know remember how I scored this one four, but I got a one four Ooh, on it. For, listen, Lord, listen to this. The squeaker. The squeak. I tr- you know, and I read up online. I don't get it. He I likes that. Sound. I love that. It sounds yeah. so good. So I. Uh, it looks. Through the viewfinder. Oh, I know. It looks great. Yeah, it looks great. It's a perfectly clean lens. You know, it's, I think it was another one of those ones where the guy said, Might have some scratches or fungus thing. Right. And it's Crystal. Yeah. How many times? It happens to you all the time. Or the other, other thing happens also where you get one and you're like, oh. Well, now but, the, the, I find that you know, I'm all one for it out. I look yeah. for the one-twos. Those are hard yeah. to find. Yeah, I know. I've been watching for a multi-one-two. Uh, when you brought the one for him to fix, the one-two, yeah. and uh, he was like, hey, you know, I'm a, if you want to borrow it tonight, I'm like, I don't even want to look. Because right, I know right. if I saw it, I'd be like, oh. Yep. So yeah. I didn't even look. I was like, no. Have you shot at one-four yet? Oh, yeah. I've shot a lot. That's There's some... First time I really took it out was it when we were at uh, in the at Nam in, in Anaheim, the National Association of Music Marketers, or whatever that is. Doesn't mean anything. But it's not Vietnam. Yeah. So yeah, it's huge trade show. A lot California. of things to take pictures of. So there's some shots on the flicker of uh, some real good close-up Moog synthesizers and guitars and things. Now what auto functions does this camera this have? It's got everything. That's what's cool about this. This is one sold me on it because I had the AE one, which I loved. And I went shooting. Joseph's like, Oh, you're this one out. You know, and I'm like, Whoa. So what's this the difference one, between this and the AE one okay. program. 
this one can do both aperture priority and it can do shutter priority. Mm-hmm. So there's wind. Oh yeah, the wind. So usually, say you're a guy and you got your, you know, you like want to shoot everything at one four. Mm-hmm. So you're like, okay, I'm just gonna set set this to one four. Like me. So then whatever you do, you know, you know, I can get in there. Oh. Ooh, rewind. It's screaming. Now that's a squeaker. Yeah. So then you can, you know, you do the whole half press, oh. and it just tells you exactly what it's going to, this is right now, it's 180, you know. And it's, is the lens on A? Yeah, and the lens always has to be on A for this Let's to work see. properly. So check it out. That's, no matter what you do, you're always going to hit 1.4, and if it gets too bright, it'll flash 1,000 at you, and you know. Oh, 1.4? Yeah. Because it's, it's dark in here? Well, no, I have it set to only shoot at 1.4. Oh, how do you do that? Yeah, so that's the setting on the top. Aperture Pro. So, oh, look at that. So Where? over there, the oh, gold part. Oh, I've never yeah. seen that before. So now you can choose whatever aperture. You want it's to do. all like uh, it's all uh, analog. Yeah, yeah. So, so now, if you wanted to switch, you can just roll your thumb and choose your aperture, oh, which you want. So oh, aperture priority. Look at that. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. So you can choose, like, say you're only. You it'll look, set the shutter. And it'll just set the shutter speed for yeah, you. That's show sweet. you what it's gonna do. Yeah. So and then the bonus on that on the other side. What's this? If you switch this, you switch that the other way. TV. Oh, Boom. Now that. you can now you got shutter speed priority. So now you can choose your in only your shutter. Only shoot at sixty or and, whatever, and then let me uh, see what it looks like. And then, and then it'll, it'll tell you what it's gonna use. You know, I've never seen an A1. Wow. This is really cool. Oh, it's a beast. This is really, and this was like a, a really a go-to. Uh, I think the Canon AE1 program was more of a consumer, and mm-hmm. they pushed that to the consumer. <laughs> yep. I think this was like a semi-pro camera, yeah. I would guess. Yeah, and it's got, on top of that. Oh, here's your ASA setting. Yep, exactly. So there's the ASA. You got to watch it. There's a little thing over here. goes up to 3,200. Yep. It's got this tiny little thing you have to push in to get that to move right Oh. But uh, it goes down to six. Yeah, that's amazing. And then you got on top of everything, you can if you put it on, you can go into program mode, and it does everything that that program. everything just so point and shoot, program yep. and focus, shoot. of course. It just, yep. Yeah. The problem with using the program mode is if you have a one four. Yes, it doesn't see it. It never chooses a one four. It's like I'm like it rather. <laughs> It'd rather go. Oh no, sorry, just giving you two, two. It's eight. like, oh, yeah. hey, fancy pants. I'm yeah. not going to use your one four. Yeah, that's that's, that's my problem because I shoot Minolta and I don't have an X700 because it does the same thing. I don't understand why you would use program mode. I just want everything to be one four. That's so. This is the camera for you. Yeah. that's what I mean. You, it's got a little switch here for double exposure, so you just click that in. That's nice. So if you cocked and then you can just flip that in, it gives you that red dot, and mm-hmm. then it warns you. So that way you can do another reset without mm-hmm. expansing the mm-hmm. film. So you can do multiple exposures. And then it's got That's pretty cool. timer two second. Oh. Ten and then ten second. So you can kind of set the Perfect. Set the, the auto. So yeah, so it's got that and I'm not sure what this is turns off the lights in the inside. So if oh. you if you find those little LEDs yeah, annoying, yeah, yeah. you can just turn them off. And then this is a real cool if you had a pinhole cover, it closes the Yep. It's got the little the long doop, exposure. Yep. So you can, it doesn't let the light leak from yep. the uh, viewfinder. Which is that is the craziest that I was great. Playing, I was like, what? I, I am, think it has mirror lockup too. To, yep, and it has mirror lockup yeah. here too, so you can. You I know. do not own A1. I'm looking at this. I'm loving it. Yeah. What model do, Canon do you own, Mark? Uh, he has one. I have the A. I have. Uh, I don't even know. It's a program. A, A1 program or something. I don't even know. It's a. It's a pro. It's something. A1 program. program. A1 program. Yeah, that's, that got, sounds right. Yeah. Have you shot with it yet? I've shot a couple rolls, including one roll with your one too. Uh, oh. It was nice. It's yeah. it's fine. Yeah. I, I. But I. I don't get. Like I said, I don't get the program mode. Okay. I don't know why you would want to shoot program mode. Okay. Well, some people do. I've yeah. shot many times the program. Well, he's mode. also. Yeah, the guy. I just don't understand why I would let it choose. 
all right. its own shutter and aperture settings. You know, I, I don't know why you. Dane, you're mm-hmm. have a lot of Canon cameras. Do you just like? I know you own a T70. I saw you. Yep. You know, like walking around with a T70. Do you yep. just base, pick one on mood these days. Uh, with the can, only reason I have Canon mainly in the first place is because the very first film camera I bought was at the flea market. It was an A1, right. and it came with all these lenses and it all the case and all the accessories. So right. I kind of got into the camp of that. So that's why I just went with the Canon. Uh, then all you know, so now you have the lens. I had two A. E ones die on me. That, okay, you know. So then I did. So then I'm like, okay, I got all these lenses. No problems with the T70. It's yeah. you know, it, it looks great. It's a uh, you know, it's it just doesn't have. This one's got a little more like like I said. It comes it comes it's back heft. to that. It, yeah, it's, it's hefty. It's got a little more control over yep. it. And you kind of all black with the white logo is really sexy looking. Yeah, too. That's, yeah, that's, that's a good that's looking, a cool looking camera. camera. Yeah, it really it's is. cool. It's you know, and and then you you throw a one throw a one four on it and yeah. So it's you, just, got, you got the EOS too then. Yep, and then I do oh, have the Canon different EOS. Ma- different, ma- different lens mount. Well, that one is another one, flea market, $5. Yeah. It was the just the body. Mm-hmm. And had no idea if it worked. You know, whatever. Battery was $13. You know, yeah. so it's funny about those. It was a, It's a Canon EOS 2000 from did like 1992. Did you uh, wind up uh, f- getting a lens for yeah. it? Yeah, so I found a lens for 25 bucks. The auto, it's an autofocus. Okay. Uh, this one's an all auto. No, that's a great camera. I can bring that on another time. But the main reason I wanted to get that is because I, I wanted to get the, the pinhole EOS. Oh, gotcha. Cap. So then I got the body cap, and that was mainly I just use it as an as a uh, as that. Uh, right. Then, uh, but then I think we talked about this in a previous show. I, I got EOS to M forty two converter, mm-hmm. which is this really well made lens converter. So now all my Yashica M forty two lenses, which I got like a one seven, can work on that EOS. So right. in the EOS being like you can set it to auto ap- set aperture aperture priority and then you just run it at 1/7, you know, and then you can yeah, then you can have these manual lenses and they look so much better than yeah. those autofocus lenses are just they just weren't cutting it, you know. It's like I don't really care for autofocus no. lenses. Do it you, focuses Mark? on the wrong stuff. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. And the whole reason I got into film photography was not to have autofocus. Yeah, to not have it do it by itself. I'll just right. shoot digital if I'm going to do that. But right. yeah. yeah, I like I like the manual aspect of it. No so, offense to the people out there who are shooting. You know, of course not. Full yeah. on, yeah. Uh, full auto. Well, there's some. There's just something about when you look through a camera and you turn, you move your head back and forth, you get it just how you want want it to be, mm-hmm. and then you take the picture. It's not. It's more interaction with what you're actually and thinking, yeah. which is the reason I got into the film in the first place. Is yep. because. I didn't want to have 7,000 pictures at the end of a month to deal with, and right. they all suck. But I do have, I have a Nikon, I don't even remember what model it is, I'll look at it. Uh, I have a Nikon, some silver film S- SLR with the autofocus lens, and it's intoxicating to look through that thing and just hold down the shutter, and as fast as it just focus, shoot, focus, shoot, focus, shoot, yeah. focus, shoot. I mean, it's, I could just imagine being at car race, or, you know, just yeah, something right. where there's a lot of fast-moving stuff. This thing just focuses and shoots so quickly. Yeah. You know, it can take 10 pictures in the time it would take me to take one with my Minolta, so sometimes that might be fun to use. But Yeah. So yeah. you were, this is a recommended camera that oh, you Oh, this won? is great. This is great. If you can score a A1 Canon, they're, they're still, these can still be 99 bucks, you know, okay. for the body sometimes, yep. I'm seeing. And if you get, if you, you definitely would not be disappointed if you get a get and an A1. The ballsy jubilee, would you say it not for everybody? Ah, uh, it's 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 more of the interesting camera side yeah. in the sense that it's it's fun to interact with. It's got it got it's got a good feel and it's uh and it takes some cool shots. Old, it's old. That's real old school. Yeah, it's like 1950s. 53. Yeah, so yeah, well, it's it's really compact. It's a rangefinder. It's yep. 2.8. Like it's a yeah. pretty good. How are you going to find a 2.8 that yeah. small that fits in your hand? And like you can that, just yeah, and, put it in your literally put it in your. Yep. Pocket, you yeah, know, and yeah, I like that. So and it's and it and the pictures have style. So there's some character, so. and you can get one for you know 
Oh yeah, twelve dollars. I think Jubilee. Yeah, twelve bucks. Yeah, yeah, twenty thirty bucks. The ballsy, the B two is still pushing about fifty. If you find one of those. Well, that's very awesome. I want to thank you guys. Yes, yes. And uh, we'll be right back with more show. If you want to get around the really modern way, you need two things. A one-man gyrocopter and a Kodak Instamatic movie camera. A camera that loads instantly and shoots a brand new kind of movies called Super 8. So improved, they make other movies look old-fashioned. Take it from Kodak. They're the movies of the future. Guess he's never seen a camera like this before. Automatic, power wind, zooms at a touch. Everywhere you take this camera, you'll get a great big welcome. And just wait till you see your movies on a Super 8 projector. Enjoy life the really modern way. Get a Kodak Instamatic M5 movie camera. Gyrocopter, optional at extra cost. Hey, this is Mike in the studio with Alex Laux. Hey, guys. Alex is down here from Canada. That's correct, right down here. Yep. Oh, yeah, you have to come down. Yeah. This is like the south to you. <laughs> uh, not as far south as I've been. I've been to Tennessee. That's pretty far south. That was about a 12-hour drive. We're here to talk about FPP hand-rolled films, and there are a number of hand-rolled films. The most recent one, which I'm actually giving a uh, little uh, array, a little uh, sampler pack to Alex to take back north. Uh, firstly, uh, a roll of Polypan F. You shot with that? I have. I shot a roll when I was in Rochester, New York. Love the glow, especially developed in Extal. Now, does does Mike B live up near you? Yeah, he lives up up in Toronto. I was actually on a photo walk with him in October. So he's a, he's a Polypan F fanatic. He is. He really is. He is. He is the proponent. The the what would you say? The pusher. The pusher. The spokesperson for Polypan F. And really got the ball rolling so that the FPP store could carry it. It's a 50 ASA black and white film, and it's noted for having a very thin base mm-hmm. and a very dreamy glow to yeah. it. You have to really watch out when you're loading it onto reels. It has a very tendency to buckle. Is that right? Yeah. Good advice. Uh, uh, we have a roll here of Kodak Hawkeye Traffic Surveillance Film, which on our little roll, which says Kodak Hawkeye Supercolor, and I call it Supercolor because the colors are super. super. It's a film designed by Kodak to go in traffic surveillance cameras. Yep, heard good things about it. Yes, there are great things about it. I call it the high-speed Ektar. Mm-hmm. It's rated at, rated at 400, and it's one of these films, which is awesome. It's one of these films that you can kind of shoot it at whatever. Like, you could shoot it at 400. So it's like Portra. But you could also shoot it at 200. You could shoot it at 320. You could nice. shoot it. And everyone has sort of their own preference. Personally, I shoot it at 250 ASA. Okay. Because I felt that the 400 ASA, the, the, the negs were a little thick for my... Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. The colors are really, really amazing. The rage this year in the film photography store has been the Eastman Kodak... Double X. <laughs> Double X 5222. Motion picture film uh, we have acquired from Kodak, and we're breaking it down into canisters. Yep. And it's a 200 ASA film that I think just about everyone's been shooting at box speed. 
I, I like it at 250. Oh, is that right? I, I always shoot it at 250. I got my first, I got five rolls of this from Lance in Belgium. Oh, okay, sure. Through his website and absolutely fell in love with it. I used to process it in HC 110. Mm-hmm. Um, I've since switched to processing it in Xtol. Okay. Really helps keep the grain down. Is that right? On it. So now I've heard good things about Xtol. Uh, a few months ago, we were talking about developers, and I'm just you know, all, you know, me and my. I should have a T-shirt that says "Me and my D76." <laughs> uh, I've used HC110, I've used Caffeinol, but I've not used Xtol, which Leslie likes, Leslie Lazenby, yep. and you like. Yep. And I'm sure there's a little following behind it. Yep. I use three main developers. I use HC110, Xtol, and Rodinol. And do you, you change developers based upon, you know, like... On what I want the film to look like. I love Tri-X and HC110. Right. Um, if I'm not sure of the film, I'll do it in HC110. Um, Rodinol is for l- slow films. Right. Very slow films. And if I'm doing any push-pull applications, I'll use Xtol. What I actually am hoping to experiment with is get into a little more of the pyro. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick up some PMK stuff from B&H when I'm here, and also the raw materials to mix up some old Kodak D23. Oh. So What would you use that for? Um, I've been looking at the massive dev chart. They have times for uh, plus X. I've done some search on Flickr, and plus X pan looks really nice in D23. And, you know, just, just branch out a little bit. Right. The latest film to the FPP store is uh, Eastman SO-331 High Contrast Black and White Film. Oh. It's known as a cult film. Some people get angry. You're like, what do you mean cult film? How dare you say, you call that a cult film? Who says it's a cult film? <laughs> I don't say it's a cult film. Just do a Google search on S- yep. Eastman SO331. It has its own Flickr group. The Google. Okay. Uh, there are numerous threads about it. It is a special order Kodak film that I guess it was a big special order and a lot of it's bouncing around. And people have been, you know, spooling it into their, their, their still cameras and been really liking the results. Uh, FPP and fellow Canadian... Um, uh, John Meadows. Thank you. John Meadows <laughs> turned me on to it and he had some extra... And we were able to now get it on the uh, FPP. Yep, he mentioned it to me. So I, I just started shooting it myself. There is a group on Flickr, so I've been able to communicate with a lot of people on in that group who have shot it. Good, so I can get developing times. Yes. <laughs> so those are some new films. Just want to tip you folks off who have been listening, listening to the, the home-rolled frenzy going on in the FPP store. It's currently limited to 35 millimeter, but I, I don't know. I may start doing some crazy stuff. Like, for example, uh, Color Red Scale 120. You guys have asked for it. We're looking for it. And I will tell you folks this. You know, you have, you know, we have our, 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 how many senses do we have? Five senses? We have our five senses. And once you start messing around in the dark room, like you're loading film, you're unraveling film, you're spooling film, you're cutting film, and it's perfectly pitch black, after a while you get a zen. Yes, you do. You get used to it. You get used to the fact of that you're in pitch blackness. Believe it or not, you know, things... T- once you get the flow of things you're doing, whether it's doing that in a dark room or at home developing or even shooting with a manual camera, not using a light meter, once you get the, the, the gist of everything, things happen naturally. So very excited about these films. Filmphotographystore.com. Please do you know check it out as well as our other. Always. New from KTEL Records, 22 explosive hits, 22 original stars, gallery. Oh, it's so nice. 
the great Sammy Davis Jr. Ooh, the candy man can. Olivia Newton-John. Hamilton, Joe, Frank, and Reynolds. Don't pull your love out on me, Derek and the Domino's big hit, Layla. Osmond's, Detroit Emeralds, Millie Jackson, Flash, April Wine, Charlotte's, Pop Tops, Fortune. Here comes that rainy day feeling again. Joe Simon. You've got power in your kiss. Lobo. Hot Butters, Popcorn. And many more. Get KTEL's 22 explosive hits now. 22 original stars and one great stereo LP. Only $3.99. Hey, we're back. Kevin Crisbaum. I'll tell you, this feature on the FPP site, How to Pronounce Your Name, yeah. is wonderful. We, I'll bet. We, we probably implemented it because of you. <laughs> Alex is Alex Laux. That's L U Y L U C K X. That was a tough one. Laux. So uh, Kevin Crisbaum, K R E I G N B A U M. Ran across your podcast several months ago, and I really enjoyed it. I've been photographing on and off for several years. While I enjoy the convenience of Dig, I've been much more intrigued and falling back in, in love with my film cameras. Finally have a medium format. Mamiya C330 Pro. Nice. Only have shot a couple of rolls, but wow, love the squares. Scrounging for that $500 to purchase the mint crown graphic in my hood. I can go on and on about the cameras I keep finding their way to my house, but I really want to give a shout out to a couple of local joints. Uh, Gas, G-A-S-S, camera repair. Hey, I think someone mentioned this recently in a thread somewhere. It's called Gas Camera Repair, no joke. G A S S camera repair. That's right, gas with an extra S, and it's gas G A S S camera repair dot com. Crick camera C R I C K camera dot com. Who surprised me in a good way with how affordable and well they take care of me in my one twenty film. Keep up the show, and I'll be ordering some some of that home rolled film really soon. Uh, sadly, we don't have. A, it says that your Flickr name, how to pronounce your name, subject, but there's no like where are you from. Well, I'm sure if you look on the uh, oh. on the websites, it'll give you a basic idea. Absolutely. Any uh, anyone out there wants to put your sleuth hat on? Just put some comments in our show notes. By the way, these uh, shows, the show you're listening to, what show? <laughs> the Film Photography Podcast, uh, filmphotographypodcast.com, and you'll see a, a tab. It says podcasts. You click that. Then you go and you see a whole list, an array of shows, uh, and you'll see at the top the most recent show, which will be this show, and you can click that and get show notes written by Alex. What's it like writing those show notes? Um, usually takes about twice the length of the podcast okay. because I'm stopping partway through to grab web links. So. Right. And I do them all by hand first Okay. Um, simply because I write faster than I can type, and then it gives me a chance to type them and that helps me to edit down, especially the interview pieces. Okay. Is a joy or a drudge? <laughs> it's always fun. Okay. Good. It's always fun. Um, sometimes it's hard to determine what parts to write. Oh, right, 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 right. Gotcha. So uh, starting next year will be our fifth year on the airwaves. Yeah, wow. Uh, someone wrote in and said, wow, you know, can you have show notes? Because people yeah. would hear links. People would be driving or commuting to work, mm-hmm. and they'd hear, like, oh, you know, gas camera repair or a crick camera. And when they got home, they couldn't remember. Yeah. 
and people wanted to kind of click through to the you know URLs that we mentioned. So it, it's been very, very handy and very awesome, and thank yeah. you very much, Alex. You're welcome. Uh, Steve Hewitt says, I have only recently taken to listening to podcasts, and when I went searching for one related to film photography, yours was the one, one of the first to come up. I have listened to all the recent episodes, and I'm working to catch up on all the back episodes. I'm into 2012 now, and I should be caught up shortly. Some people start at the beginning. Yep. Some people start new. These days, I recommend starting new because the beginning is so far in the beginning. I mean, there wasn't even new instant films out yet. And you had no idea what 120 film was. <laughs> you had to mention that, huh? <laughs> I had no idea. I was like, what is this film... What? It's a roll film? How do you use it? So, um, Stephen says, One thing I've noticed when shooting with film gear is that no matter where I am or what camera I have, or even if I pull out my trusty Weston Master II light meter, it will spark a conversation with at least one person. Mm-hmm. At one event, I met a gentleman that used to shoot weddings with a speed graphic 4x5 who lived in West Virginia. I talked to numerous people about their, their families who have had brownies that they took pictures with. And last night, I was shooting a concert with my Nikon F. I had a gentleman flag me over, probably waving his hands and everything, yep. to tell me about how he shot the same model camera in Vietnam, oh. and now he had switched to the FM. Notice last night, he is still shooting Nikon, just in a digital format. In other words, he had a Nikon with him, yep. but a digital Nikon. Mm-hmm. At that same concert, I also had a lady come up and chat about cameras after giving me a thumbs up after noticing the profile of my camera was a little different than all the digital bodies that were floating around. I guess if you like to talk cameras and history, carry film equipment with you. <laughs> you can hear some great stories and break the ice like nothing else. That's sincere Steve Hewitt. I pronounced it right, Steve, from the get-go. Steve Hewitt. Uh, that is true. That is an awesome Very thing. true. Or could be a curse. Because, let's face it, I mean, sometimes we are in the mood just to shoot. Yep. And we don't want to be accosted. <laughs> or, you know, especially if you were going out with a large format 4x5 or... Yep. God help us, an 8x10 camera, which I'm still not shooting with yet, but have my eye on some. Uh, I mean, if you're out with that kind of camera, I mean, people just start come up to you and start talking. Yep. yep. I was out shooting with a buddy of mine. Um, both of us had four by fives. We were down in the Bronte Harbor in Oakville, Ontario, and had about five different people come up and talk to us and want to see how the cameras worked. So we lined up shot and let the kids look through the ground glass. Yeah. And yeah, why is everything backwards and upside down? I guess if you are shooting with you know heavy duty film equipment, I suggest going out before ten a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Here is a quick letter from Jeff Preston. Just want to send a quick shout out to the FPP and let you know how much I appreciate what you guys are doing. I took a hiatus from film photography from 2003 to 2011 when I got the bug again and bought a Mamiya RB67S Pro S kit that I always wanted, the fridge. From there, I got the urge to try my hand at home developing film. I use Caffeinol for black and white. Uh, We'll soon be mixing my first batch of Obsidian Aqua. Oh, that's one of those staining developers. Is that right? That Matt uses. He said just ask Matt. Yeah. And I use the Roly Digibase Liquid and Tetanol Powder C41 kits. C41. Wow, more power to you, Jeff Preston. Yeah. After uh, Jeff, I think it was in Ohio. Uh, after meeting you, crazy kids at the FPP walking workshop yes, in I Finlay him now. this past spring, I was bitten by the large format 
and home darkroom bugs. Man, you guys are really infested. I bought a 4x5 monorail, Burke and James Orbit. Nice. And after a darkroom one-on-one session with Matt, a Bessler 4.5 MX and larger with most of the assorted goodies. Is that deluxe? Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I have my eye on uh, an Omega that I think can do 4x5. It's uh, it's still in the Fort Niagara dark room, but I hope to go pick it up soon. I'm working on putting the final plumbing on my stainless sink, and I'll be full go in the dark room. So please keep up the good work. I'm also finishing catching up on all the archive podcasts and waiting patiently for each new episode. I hope to see you all in Ohio real soon. Jeff Preston, Jeff like in Jeff, and Preston like in Preston. LOL. <laughs> Jeff, thanks for writing. It was great yeah. seeing you in Ohio. Uh, we have our um, last camera segment, uh, which is Dane and Mark talking up the Roloflex E 2.8 TLR, the Minolta Hymatic S2, and the Practina FX. Let's let's give a listen. Heidi ho for, for folks out there listening to the show, you may know Dane Johnson or Mark Dalzell. Uh, they are regulars on the show as well as members of the rock group, The Smooth Sailors. Smooth Chrome! With their new album out, Smooth Chrome. Google that. Smooth Chrome. Highly recommended. The Google. And today we have what looks to me like a Roloflex TLR and a crappy camera, which isn't really a crappy camera, but the particular. M- one that Mark has is crappy. You know what we can call it? We'll call this segment today the, camera. the good, the crappy, and the ugly. Okay, and we have a bonus piece of crap, uh, which <laughs> it's, it's not horrible. How many times <laughs> you said crap in the last Yeah, these are not horrible. I, w- I would like everyone no. out there, because people, like, oh, their, yeah. their, their hair on the back of their neck will go Man. up and be like, yeah. oh, my God, what are you saying? I love my high All I shit with is a high matter. Well, well, you get that guy, about. like the guy that took to space and all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, whatever. Wrong model. We love them all. So we, we this is all yeah, tongue-in-cheek. We We're just saying. Anyhow, take it away, Mark. Hey, how's it going? Mark here. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, have, I actually have three cameras. We'll start with the, uh, we'll start with the bottom, my bottom. Okay. Ooh. The Hymatic S2, which is one of these very plasticky 90s Ooh, Could be late 80s. What is it, you think? I, I actually don't know what year it was, um, but it just has... I'm betting 82. No, I don't think it's that old, actually. I bet it is. Uh, yeah, the Hymatic S2. I mean, it's a it's a good little camera. It's got um, I mean, it's got some features. It does the it does a thing or two, and then uh, there you go. All right, but but <laughs> no, you're missing. Where, where did so you get? Where did you get it? No, it, so this is it's a 35 millimeter, you know, zone focus, point and shoot, but it is um, focusable. It's not a fixed focus, which is nice. Okay. Um, so you, it, it's got the equivalent of a 2.8 lens on it, so you do get a little bit of a depth of field. 38 millimeter, 2.8. Does it have the annoying beeping alarm? It has, if you, yeah, what it does is if you're in a low light setting, if the shutter speed is going to be slower than 140th, it beeps what? at you like I can demonstrate. What did you read the Camerapedia page don't and do it, don't do memorize it. it? That was exactly bullet one of the Camerapedia page you just repeated. You want to keep going? Yeah, what's bullet two? <laughs> I know it all. The camera shutter would not fire without battery power. Oh, yeah. so it needs a battery. Oh, it takes two AA batteries. Okay. No big deal. It's now, it, you know, at least doesn't Oh, and like... it's zone focus. Hey, I just I already said that. Yeah, I was pulling, yeah, so, pulling so a Yeah, so zone focus. <laughs> and then it's got a little pop-up flash. 
And when you pop up the flash, oh, um, yes. the, the little zone focus range on the top of the lens lights up Indiglo, that's if you remember the, Indiglo. That's all, my wa- I had an Indiglo watch. That's, that's the best part about that camera. Yeah. I, would, I would use that camera what just for that. What is Indiglo? Look at the what blue. Is it? It's that, beautiful. It's just the, it's, it, was it Casio? or? I K- thought it was Timex. Timex. Somebody trademarked this color because that's what their watches, watches used to light so up you in could the like, Oh, it was beautiful. It's pretty I'd go on eBay and buy one of those now. Yeah, but otherwise, I mean, it's got... Um, zone focus. Like, so, like, you just have this. Oh, you set like one blow, two blow. Yeah, it's, it's like just debonair. like you know the, the Minolta Weathermatic you've got. Yeah, it's exactly the same little icons. It's, yeah, yeah. It's a, a person's head, a person's body, a a, black somebody person, sailing. I don't know why, or a mountain. Let me uh, see. And that. those are your four your four ranges. It, it is. A, it's a little black. Well, person. it's interesting because that black would... means like twenty feet away. Uh, but oh. it's got it's got a forty six millimeter uh, filter thread on it. The you light meter. The light meter is intensely inside. close up. A head shot. A medium shot. A head to toe shot. Well, and a mountain. Well, if you're if you're being serious about it, yes. Uh, I don't know why it's. Really you crazy. know what it reminds me of? Who would how would own this camera? I would. This <laughs> this is a this is this is a solid ant camera. Ah, yes, my this ant. Is an ant. Yes, yes. But uh, yeah, I mean, otherwise, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of bashing it, but. It is interesting. It's zone focus, which is interesting. It's got feet and meters and the little Indiglow window that lights up. It's got a 46 millimeter filter thread on the front. The light sensor is inside the mm-hmm. filter ring, nice. which is yep. very nice. Uh, it has a selectable um, uh, ASA from 200 up to 400, which is nice. Oh, I'm sorry. The exposure is auto, right? Uh, totally auto. Yeah, okay. nothing else about it is manual except for setting your ISO and okay. setting your range. What's the ISO? What's the lowest and what's the highest? 25 to 400. No 800? No. Okay. Ants don't shoot 800. No, they don't. They don't. Yeah, they're no, they don't. They, they're, it's too dark out. Yeah. Kodak gold all the way. <laughs> That's true. You know what it, it reminds me of, though? It looks just like the uh, Konica uh, AF2. Oh, the AF2. No, yeah. More like the C35, because yeah. it's, it's, except it's like the C35 of the Flash, but it's like in between where Konica AF2... Which is the autofocus, the first autofocus, you know, one, and it also had the sensor inside. It has all the same, so the pop-up flash, same plastic square, same everything. So it's like their version of that. Which that camera, I'll tell you, when when I'm at a party, you're kind of that's the one I take because it's autofocus. It's, easy. it's put in your pocket, and it still takes the same quality pictures as the uh, no the C35. Oh yeah, it's similar, just not as cool because the C35 is aluminum and it's like a little smaller. Yeah. Well, you know, for my money, if I were, to, I feel like we're a Cisco and Ebert here. Yeah. We're like bouncing it. Yeah, right. If if I'm at a party, party, we're all there. <laughs> and you're like, all right, what's it going to be? I'm going to a party. No, for my money, for the same practicality, I would take my Olympus Trip 35. Ah, yeah. Because it's the same thing. One bloke, two If I could get easy. one that worked, I would do, do that too. Do you have one that works? Have you tested your Olympus Trip 35 yet? Uh, yes, I did. I, you know, and I, I always get bashed about this whenever I say it, but <laughs> uh, I... I, I shot a roll. I developed a roll. It came out fine. Nothing about it blew me away. You know, like, again, it's sort of like what you're saying about this camera. If I was going to a party, trip is not what I would pick up. But okay. We're not here to bash the trip. No, 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 not at all. Now, have you shot with this camera and seen the results? I did. Actually, I shot a roll with it uh, just last night. D- during rehearsal, I shot a roll. And while Dana Deve- was mixing, mixing, I he, developed it, he develops it, dried it, and scanned it. Black That's the color. analog mixing color. process. It was yeah. some super baked. Uh, it sure was. Coincidentally, Kodak Gold 400. Oh, my God. Oh. Was that baked? That I, that you I put it up on Flickr? Yeah, it's yeah. on Flickr oh, right it's now. Amazingly they look baked. awesome. It oh, I get super grainy baked. Super yeah. grain. Like, I saw John looks like, he looks like something out of, like, uh, on the waterfront. He has a cigarette. Yeah. 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 It looks With his little hat on. Yeah, but like there's there's a shot of Dane holding the bass in front of the the big eight track reel to reel with the grain with the color blown out flash. I mean, it just looks like the picture was taken in 1985. Like you yeah. know, it's, and it's it looks perfect. like it sat in a hot trunk since yeah, then. exactly. And then yeah. Now, where did you acquire it. the super burnt out film? I oh the the super burnt out film came in that big lot with the oh. Atomicronic stuff that you like. Oh. 
Well, we don't know if this is as baked. That's got to be more baked. That stuff's got to be 30 years older. Yeah, I bought this big, huge lot. It came in this really cool Kodak disc film. You think this film was baked? Well, I mean, it is 50 years old. The odds are it, well, it's it not got above 40 degrees at some point in its life. But yeah, I got this, I got this random box of film that had, in this, in this thing, there were, must have been 30 rolls of film, including... So I'm getting a bum deal, basically. This is a film we traded. Oh, yeah, that stuff's useless. Okay. I put that stuff in the microwave for 20 minutes myself. <laughs> yeah, with his hot dog. But I got this big box. It came with, it had, in the box, it had 110, 135, 127, 828, 120, and 116, all in the same random lot of junk. Wow. So it was a very fun box to open. Now, I, I, I know I don't want to go drift off topic Sorry. too much, yeah. but I thought that, uh, Mark, you said you were done shooting crappy film because you were tired of not seeing the true potential of each camera by putting like such a horrible roll of film in it. Yes, but it was such a horrible camera because I knew I was going to be just shooting a roll at the studio last night while we were doing analog tape night, and I wanted to have a burned-out look. And I also... I have, I, you know, I have this box full of film that came in this big lot, and I was curious if it actually would work. Right. But now that I've seen it and I know that it is baked, I will most likely be trading it to Dane for some fresh stuff when we get I'll back to the studio. take it. Yep. What's your go-to fresh film, like just to grab and, grab and run? If, if, I, if I don't care, if I just want to shoot something, I still have a freezer full of um, Fuji Superior 400. I mean, I have all kinds of fancy stuff, but I mean, the, the Fuji Superior 400 I seem to have tons of. I always seem to have a lot of the Kodak uh, gold stuff around, but then I've got a, you know, a good collection of various Ilfords and Jessops and Efka and... you have any, like, uh, Ektar, like, beautiful Ektar, beautiful portrait? Actually, in this same lot, there is a, there's a roll of Ektar 25 that I'm looking forward to shooting. It's going to be burned up. I know, but it's going to be such beautiful film anyway that I'll have to shoot something beautiful shoot and it at a, are you Are you remembering to shoot it at a lower ASA? This one I actually shot at 400, and it came out yeah. fine, except for being grainy, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll probably just Very leave it nice. There, so this is called the Minolta Hymatic C2. Hymatic S2. Hymatic S2. S2. It's probably on eBay right now in some nannies. For free. Yeah, it's probably, you know, I'm sure I haven't looked it up. I don't even remember where I got this one. It's a nice leather case. I, don't pay more yeah, than actually, five bucks. I'm actually. sure you could get one for five or ten dollars. Yeah. There's nothing incredible that it does. Oh, now you did it. But it's, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a completely acceptable little camera. It's a camera like if I was going to the beach for the day, I could take it and not worry if it actually right. got Absolutely. whipped into the ocean. Those are the that. cameras I keep around to, when I spray my film with things before I <laughs> yeah, shoot them. Exactly. So oh, like, okay. I did a roll where I sprayed the whole fi- took it in the dark, sprayed it all with, with, with uh, Lysol bleach. So I just sprayed oh. the whole film and kind of let it hang to dry in the dark a little bit, rolled it back up, and then I shoot. One, I did electronics cleaner. Another one, I did lemon juice. And what were your results with that? Oh, it looks great. It's like just, the bleach it's just, one is so the cool. The bleach is just like, it just bleaches out random spots. So oh. then you take the pictures and it's like all like, looks like it's all psychedelic burned and burned yeah, out and stuff. Nice. The lemon juice just made it sticky and <laughs> it didn't okay. really work. So but it tasted good in the margarita. Working our way back from crap to very good. <laughs> what's this? what's the middle camera well, here let's today? Go to the, we'll go to the middle one, which is my um, Practina FX. Which yes. This is a camera. I don't know how I got it. It was one of those things that popped up on eBay. Mm-hmm. Opening bid was 99 cents. Mm-hmm. I bid 99 cents, and I won it for 99 cents. I don't know why. Okay. But it, this, is, um, this is actually a German SLR from uh, the mid-50s. I love it because it's one of those really wacky, mechanical, oh, sort yeah. of modular cameras that the viewfinder comes off. I've, I've got the prism for it, but they made a waist-level viewer. Right. It's awesome. Uh, it has a, a, um, a really interesting... Has a really interesting bayonet mount. Uh, you know, mul- multiple lenses made for it. The one that mine actually came with is the uh, the Biotar, Biotar F2, 58 millimeter F2. It's got some really cool features. The uh, the the when you take the shot, the mirror stays down, and the, when oh. you wind it, it actually pulls the mirror. How up. How about that? With a rope. 
Yeah, it it's awkward, right? Up. What's that? So you have to wind it to look through the lens. Exactly. So when it's so you're committed, that's like this. It's the, like the, the Kiev. I have. The same way. I have a Kiev six C. It's the same thing. Ah. Yeah, and then it actually sort of an interesting feature is it actually has uh, a depth of field preview. Oh. So when you when you wind it, uh, is there film in there? No. When you set your a- uh, aperture, there's a little lever on the bottom of the lens, mm-hmm. and if I lock that over, it's like auto. Then when I look through it, I'm actually seeing f- I'm seeing full wide open, and then when I start to push the shutter, as I as I get about halfway down, it releases the aperture. And then it takes the shot wow. as I push all the way down. Very nice. Good sound, so it's got too. Some, yeah, it sounds nice. Uh, it's got some really cool little features. It's still kind of a carryover from rangefinder versus SLR because it is an SLR. Yep. But it's got a rangefinder window on it, too. It's not a, it doesn't have a rangefinder, but it's got like a viewfinder window on the side. Right. Oh, that's because so you don't have to commit because since you can't see through the other one, exactly. it's your so I can frame okay. it through the viewfinder window and then, you know, and you can be like, nah, that's without, I can not, take a picture you know, of that. Without, right. You know. yeah. So some interesting features. Um, it's leather. It, 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 weird thing about mine, they, apparently there were many variations on it, but there is a PC socket on the front mm-hmm. on certain models. Mine actually has two PC sockets on the front. Oh, one no. of them is X synced, one of them is F synced. I don't, or M. I don't know which is which. Hmm. Oh. I, or I forget, I should say I forget which is which because they're not labeled. Well, so that's what the Practine FX is. So the deal with mine is that the lens is hazy like crazy, and the front threads are so destroyed that I can't get the lens apart to oh, clean them. Uh. To clean them, it gives you a permanent, like <laughs> super soft focus. There are pictures on my, I gotta on borrow my that. stream. They they come out really really cool. But you know, as Joseph would say, well, that's the camera you use when you want soft focus. That's which is true because it takes true. really yes. nice pictures. Prism actually is completely scratched to hell. So when you're looking through it, it looks like you know you're looking through Mike's X-ray pictures. Um, <laughs> you're living it. And then on top of that, my curtain, nah, my, my shutter f- curtain, is completely pinholed. My favorite. So if I leave it wound, because usually I shoot and then wind, right. so I'm ready for the next shot. Mm-hmm. If I wind it and pull the mirror up, if and I leave it, my next picture looks like I'm taking a picture of a star field. Like awesome. it just completely blows. I mean, it up. you should just do that, and not take pictures. You should yeah, just do I mean that, that in itself is interesting a few yeah. times. But so that's that's the problem with mine is that mine has so many problems. I I would like to get a replacement, but the, you know they they normally go for sixty, seventy, eighty bucks on eBay. I, again, I don't know why this one went for ninety. How about cents. just uh, a lens, new lens? You could do that. I've been watching. I, I got this a couple months ago, and I and every day I get the Practina emails from eBay. I haven't uh, not a single lens by itself has come up but any of the cameras that come up i keep thinking maybe i can snag one for 20 or 30 dollars mm-hmm. but they keep going for 70 or 80 so and it's prep proprietary mount i'd assume it's a yeah it's the practina bayonet mount they did make a ton of lenses for it I, so there a should in, be a there's no converter out there i guess no because guess it's not. like a reverse bayonet and yeah it's oh, all yeah. weird. oh it's um, like once you get into that it doesn't work you jeez yeah. that is Completely See? weird. Yeah. What kind of amount is that? I'm sorry. It's called the. It's just called the Practina band. It looks awful clean. The front element is the is the bad one, which is the one I can't get. Oh look, look yeah. At the, look through the look at the light. Oh, I can see it already. Yeah. Can you sandblast it open? I could, I could, I could bandsaw it open if I needed M80. to. M eighty, whatever. It, I mean, it works. F stops even work. Everything, yeah, yeah. All the apertures work fine. I mean, the camera works perfectly, except for the the, the haze and the. It's I, not even fungus. It's just haze. Somebody used the heck out of it because I love all the br- the brassing. There's not. That's just got to be the coolest oh, yeah. thing. That's what you don't get on any camera after like 1979. There's no brassing anymore. And all the front of the camera is covered. It's ac- it's real. You know, nice black leather. Yeah, it's like the leather. The back of the camera. Someone just covered with black shelf paper because Ooh, the, shelf the leather paper. got peeled off. So that's just shelf paper on there. Yeah, so, yeah I mean, I, I love the camera, out. but um, you know, I'd like to. You wonder to... who owned it throughout the years that like we, you know, we put the paper on it. And, oh like, yeah, and we wore down the eyepiece to brass. I mean, yeah, that means there was a lot of pictures taken. And how the heck thing. it even got over here? It's a German camera, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, um, not only that, but when I, when I bought it on eBay, I didn't realize this. Actually, speaking of Bergen, New Jersey, uh, this came from. 
the guy was in Bergen, New Jersey. Oh, is that he right? Was like, they, they not the pre, not Practica, which is a Japanese Practina. camera. Yeah, that's what I thought you were talking about. That's right. Yeah, and the Minolta was the high Hymatic. Hymatic S two. S two. S two. Now, what about this here? Well, thank you, Mark. Anything else to that's, add on the Practina? Or we've got to cover. Uh, no, I mean that most of the. I mean, yeah, it's. it's it's just an interesting camera. They, there's a guy on Flickr who had a, he has a picture of his, his lens collection for this camera, and he must have 25 different lenses for this you camera. So they have a ton right? of lenses. You know, again, considering this is 1953, it has a, uh, a clockwork motor drive for it you could get on the bottom. Mm-hmm. It has a 100-foot spooler. Yeah, magazine you could put on the back of it so you could Imagine get that. Like, oh. hundreds of pictures out of a roll of film. So, so they must use it for like news or sports. time-lapse, I'd assume. I mean, yeah, I've seen pictures of this thing with... The motor drive on it with the with the hundred foot magazine with a telephoto lens and it I mean it looks like a giant old movie camera when you add all the extra bits and pieces to it. I it's bet they used it for like science stuff or something. Maybe it you was know? crazy. Yeah, it's a, it's a really cool camera. Yeah, and then really like I wild. said, you can pop off the viewfinder and put on the waist level viewer and do all kinds of stuff. So very nice. Yeah, it's a very cool camera. Then when when did they come out with the digital back? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and now drum roll, please. Our featured camera. My good camera for today. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah. This is my Rolleiflex, which oh. I love. I finally, I'm such a TLR guy, and I finally got this one. And where did you get that strap? I like the hubcaps. This came with the camera, actually. It, most importantly, <laughs> it's got the, um, the Rolleiflex uh, scissor clips on it, which these clips oh, are geez. very expensive. Look at that. Uh, so it just snaps in, which is nice. So, yeah, I got, I got this uh, recently. Um, this particular model is the 2.8E. Ooh. E. E. 2.8. They made so many different versions of this camera that it's actually... I, I, I didn't believe this when I first read it, but I had to go look it up. This camera is still in production. You can, you can buy a 2013 Rolleiflex TLR. They still make it. It's amazing. They're up to a very high number now, but... Um, uh, the newer models are much like, more rounded corners, smoother looking. Nope, they look exactly the same. The newest model has uh, uh, like calfskin leather on it. The, the big difference with the newest ones is that they have um, TTL metering and uh, you know all kinds of fancy modern. What's the price? Features. The new one, B and H. I don't know what the what the list price is, but the street price B and H. I think had it for fifty four hundred or something. Okay. So not a cheap camera. I mean, even these old ones go for good money. I think this one on eBay is going for about a thousand bucks. You know, KEH or wherever they're going oh. for about twenty two hundred. And what? 2, did, so let me let me ask. This just walked into your music store. Yeah. <laughs> did it really? Yeah. Somebody heard I buy cameras. <laughs> Someone walked into your music store. Mark is the owner of Metropolis Music in Jersey City, New Jersey. And cameras. Yeah, right. And cameras much. now. And so someone walked in with this and said what? Word is on the street that I buy cameras. So he came in and said, hey, I hear you buy cameras. <laughs> and I said, yes. Yes, sir, I do. Would- and he... he- Whipped it out. And how much did you spend? Don't tell him. Oh, you really don't. Mark yeah. does not want to say what Mark, he spent. Mark doesn't. Doesn't. He, he it's doesn't. Embarrassing. It's okay. No, it's not. So was the seller happy? He he was happy. I I basically paid him what he was asking for it. Okay. Um, neither of us knew what it was. Right. I didn't know until the next day when I started doing some real research the significance of the 2.8. Oh, a 2.8. Yes. Yeah. The yes. 3.5. The earlier versions. You know, different versions were were a lot cheaper. But, but uh, yeah, this particular one is, is very nice. And that mine came with the, um, I've got the mirrored lens cap, which I love. I've always wanted the, the hubcap mirrored lens caps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got the lens slick. for it. I've got the Rolly Soft filter for it. You know, it's, it's great. So I love it. I've shot a few rolls through it, and it is super sharp. Oh, and actually a really cool feature that this has. I didn't even notice it at first, but this actually has a built-in lens uh, in the viewfinder. So you get a sort of a, f- 
a faux prism effect. Oh, yes, yes. So you can look straight through it. The, like a sports finder. It's, it's a sports finder, but because it's got a lens in it, it corrects the left-right. Is that right? Uh, it, it flips the image upside down. Interesting. Which is a problem, but it corrects the left-right, which is, which is really interesting. So that's actually built into the camera. Which is really cool, but otherwise, it's yeah. It's I mean, it's within millimeters, exactly the same size as a Yashica 124, which a lot of people are familiar with. Yep. I haven't tried, but this would probably. I, this didn't come with a case, unfortunately, but this will probably fit into my 124 case. Even. So you can see where Yashica got right. the idea. This is your classic waist level viewer. You know, look down into into uh, through the lens mm-hmm. camera, boxy camera. Cl- the classic. Roloflex. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so classic that you know. I mean, essentially, in the last whatever seventy years that they've been making this, sixty years they've been making this camera, it, it really hasn't changed. I mean, they, they they nailed it. So yeah, it's a great camera. I'm I'm looking forward. I will be doing a highly scientific side by side shootout between this my 124 and my um, Mamiya C220. Oh, very good. Because nice. I really want to see what if the if I can see a difference in the lenses. I'll be curious. So we'll we'll have that in a future maybe episode. I, I look forward to that. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank you, Mark, for bringing these ca- these cameras in. I, I funny uh, Dane that we spent more. C- Time sp- talking about the crappy ones. Than we yeah, do. I know. Hey. We kind of gloss over the rolly and spent yeah, half an hour talking about, about the hymatic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, look at the pictures and yeah, if you you know see whatever whatever floats your boat. We're gonna be back with more show right after this. Hey, this is Michael Rosso, host of the Film Photography Podcast, and a huge thank you to folks out there who have donated to the FPP over the last few months or year. All of us here at the Film Photography Podcast are volunteers, and that's why we ask you to donate. If you love the FPP and really dig the podcast and continued blogs, videos, then please consider donating to the Film Photography Project. And you could do so very easily by either finding a camera, a film camera that works, and consider donating it to the show. Do you have any excess film that you're not shooting? Or if you can make a contribution, you can easily do that on the FPP Film Photography Project site and click Donate. Everything that's received is used for the Film Photography Project and its podcast for our monthly giveaways and any monies that are made in the FPP store just fuel the podcast. Let's keep these shoes going in 2013 and beyond. The Film Photography Podcast. It's here for you. Mm, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ms. Walker. Oh, by the way, did you notice our new prices on Brownie movie cameras? They're reduced to almost $10. Yes, I did see them, but we're not quite sure whether we take enough movies to make it worthwhile. Let me show you something. Here's a reel of Kodak home movies. Now, suppose these were your movies, and on this reel you had movies of, oh, let's say, this young lady learning to walk, and her sister all dressed up and looking pretty, all your vacations. Suppose you had all that and more in action and in color. That'd be worth a fortune, wouldn't it? Oh, yes. Well, it uh, doesn't cost a fortune at all, especially now. You know, this camera was a bargain at $39.75, and now it's only $29.95, or $3 down. You really couldn't make a better investment for your family. Here, try it. See how easy it is. Why don't you visit your Kodak dealer this week? It's a great time to make your family movie stars. Hey, 
it's Mike here with John. The Dark Room is near and dear to my heart because uh, Phil from The Dark Room made a special trip out to New York last year to yep. meet us yep. at the PDN Photo Expo. Yeah, great guy. And The Dark Room is a lab on the West Coast. And these days, because, you know, you're, we're all shooting film, but, you know, the big question is, where do I bring my film to get processed? Mm-hmm. Because so many local labs have been closing. And even our local CVS, Target stores, Walmarts. It's diminishing. The darkroom is an option, and they've really stepped up to develop all films. films. 110 film, 126 film, 35 millimeter film, 620 film, 120 film, 4x5 film, 8x10. Wow. One stop uh, shopping. Black and white, color print C41, color slide E6. E6. You have an old f- piece of film you found from the 1960s, like Ectochrome X mm-hmm. with a defunct format. They'll yeah. process it as black and white. What about Seattle Filmworks film? Send it over. <laughs> okay. The Dark Room, it, it dates back to 1976, but did you know their heritage goes back to the 1940s? Really? Yep. It was started by photographers, four photographers. Uh, 122, 2035, 4x5, 8x10. The Dark Room. It's com. They also do testing of awesome films like Lomo, X-Pro, Red Scale, True Black and White, Crossbird, Red oh, Bird, Nightbird, oh, hey. uh, Infrared Films. All of us here at the FPP highly recommend you go there. They'll take good care of you. The Dark Room. Dot com. Tell him Mike sent you. That's right. Tell him like, Mike who. <laughs> Tell him the FPP sent you. Yeah. Hey, we're back. Dane and Mark were talking about a Roloflex E 2.8 TLR. Are you familiar with something like that? Um, I shoot the Roloflex 2.8 F. Okay. Um, beautiful cameras, Carl Zeiss optics. So. so it's similar probably. Uh, yeah. This E. Yours is F. Yep. <laughs> what about a Minolta Hymatic S2, which they, it's really kind of a throwaway camera. Uh, yeah. If you're going with the Hymatic, go with the older ones. The 7S is a lovely range finder. It was also my very first camera, but the later on they went, the more point and shoot they got. So. Right. Uh, and have you heard heard of the Practina FX? Can't say I have. No, I don't think most people have. I don't know where Mark finds them, but he really finds them. Flea markets. Uh, we have just two more letters to squeeze in. Uh, I want folks out there who have been listening the whole year. I want to thank everyone for listening. It's been an awesome, mind blowing year. Uh, before I go off on a tangent, let me get <laughs> let me get these letters in. This is from Dan Neal. He says, just listen to your October 15th podcast on developing black and white film. One piece of advice I always give people who are just starting out is to, in the beginning, to stick to one film stock and one developer. Yes. A good site for information on development times for different developers is filmdev.org. Thanks to the FPP, I'm using new film stocks and have started experimenting with Caffinol. Best regards, Dan. So I guess if you if you Eastman Double X five two two two. If you if you're new to developing, shoot bunch of rolls with that film. Yep. And then with one developer, so you can get, a f- I'm guessing, a feel for it. Absolutely. Did you go through that process? Uh, yes, I did. I actually did a whole 52-roll project over the course of 2013 where I shot a roll of Triax a week and developed it in HC-110. So I mostly stuck to B, but I also later on in the year started experimenting with dilution A, pushing the film, pulling the film, and going with even more dilute E, F dilutions. And after a while, you get so comfortable with that formula that you're ready to branch off. Absolutely. Like, hey, let me try. Yeah. What's this, you know, Ectol I've been hearing about? Ectol, Rodinol. So here's a letter from Mark. Mark says, not Mark Dalzell. Mark says, I just listened to the latest podcast where you talked about negative storage. I thought that I would share my workflow and storage regimen. 
I shoot exclusively, almost exclusively, 4x5. As you know, 4x5 film holders hold two sheets of film. I print out a 3x5 card. This card helps me to record details of each exposure nice. and calculate what the exposure should be. Once I get the camera set up, I expose both sheets in the film holder the same way and tuck the card into the lip of the bottom of the holder where the dark slide goes in. When I get back to the dark room, I develop one sheet from the film holder, inspect it, and more or less the contrast that I want, I develop a second negative. Uh, differently if need be uh, more or less development noting on the card what I have done once I have both negatives I make a contact print the print file 4x5 pages have space for 4x5 negatives I put my two negatives and the 3x5 card and the contact print into the page I store the pages in a binder storage box with binders organized by type of subject and more or less chronological that's pretty organized yeah way more organized than me that's great yeah and I always you know I know they make actually little paths for people to make notes when they're out shooting. Yeah, I carry around a moleskin and I have all my film holders have numbers. So I have one one and then the opposite side is one two. So I just fill out um, my moleskin and I record the subject, the date, the film, lens, and my exposure, which also includes any filters or movements that I put on to it. And then when I get home, I develop it and then that all gets transferred into a Excel spreadsheet where I keep track of all my 4x5 exposures mm-hmm. and all my roll film and Polaroid in a separate tab. And each one also had the location field. Right. So it's like, okay, so it'll be in 120 binder 02. In there, they're arranged chronologically. Each print file has the date I shot it, so I can go and cross-reference from there. And uh, print file, it's a binder, right? Um, yeah, print file are the individual archival sheets. And you, you put them in a... Yep. And then on a shelf or in a box? On a shelf. Okay. And that's pretty organized. Yep. If anyone out there has any tips or is upset because they're not as organized as us, I'm not that organized. I'm storing my negatives in like paper envelopes. It's horrible. Uh, you can write us at podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Yo. <laughs> Thank you very much. This, you know, this has been a, a, a really amazing year for the FPP. Mm-hmm. FPP really kind of found its own this year. Yes. We had our Midwest uh, uh, walking workshop, which was a huge success. Mm-hmm. We've had our other photo walks, uh, official, unofficial, uh, headed up by FPP uh, regulars like Alex up in mm-hmm. Toronto and uh, Nasser in the UK. Yep. And uh, I think 2014 is going to be uh, spectacular. I've learned so many things this year. You know, just when you think, because people may say, well, how, how many cameras can you shoot with? Don't you get sick of? Uh, isn't there an expiration? Aren't you, like, kind of tired of doing this, tired of doing that? And just, just when you think, like, oh, my God, you know, there's nothing else to do, like, another camera pops up. Yep. Like, I, I just started shooting with a, what's known as a Petri 7S. Okay. And I completely ignored it. I, you know, people talked about it. Oh, the Petri 7. That's a great camera. And, you know, if you don't have it, you're just like, yeah, whatever. But when it, you get it in your hands and you see that it's an all-manual camera with no battery that you know, uses a selenium meter and nice. it's fully functional, you're like, whoa, it's a rangefinder. Nice. You're like, whoa, this is an amazing camera. Folks out there listening, you can get in touch with us by writing podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. For you uh, slow hands out there who want to put ink to pen, P.O. Box 
Butler, New Jersey, B-U-T-L-E-R, 07405. I mostly just want to hear from you. You don't have to send anything. I hope everyone has an awesome, awesome holiday season and an awesome new year. We'll be back here with a new show on January 1st. That will be our hangover show. (laughs) I want to thank Alex for coming down. Pleasure coming down again. And uh, we hope to hear and see everyone in 2014. It's been an awesome year for film photography. And I look forward to seeing you on the next show.
Cause the gent lives on our street He got no pockets And I wonder how he carries stuff I drop it He got nowhere to keep his keys and change It would surely drive me crazy So deranged You can often see him in the morning walking And I think I've heard him singing Maybe talking His dead man's arms angry be by his side I guess he got no place to put him in his stripes He got no pockets 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 That man has got no pockets His mother sticks them up when he was seven The surest way to get the boy to heaven Cause young boy's hands will wonder where they will But if you got no pockets, you can't get no thrills You got no pockets You got no pockets You got no pockets You got no pockets He got no pockets. He got no pockets. He got no pockets. That man has got no pockets. No, hang on. Jennifer's the girl you used to see around the place, but now she's gone. Yes, she's gone to that great gig in the sky She never had the chance to say goodbye Oh Jennifer why did you have to die Every Monday morning she would cross the busy road to get her coffee She liked it strong Always waited for the light But one day she just didn't see that bike Oh Jennifer, it gave you such a fright Jennifer, I wonder if you're listening to this song Never had the chance to say I loved you all along I watched you every single morning You saw the bike, you didn't hear my warning Jennifer's a girl you used to see around the place But now she's gone Yeah, she's gone To the great gig in the sky I'd love to see you when it's time to die I saw the bike I must apologize
Slowly 